In the 70s, when a suspicious lump was found in a woman's breast, she was asked to sign a consent form for a mastectomy before she even knew if her tumor was malignant. She was then placed under general anesthesia for the biopsy, and the questionable mass was sent to the hospital lab while the patient remained asleep on the operating room table. If a malignancy was discovered by the pathologist, the surgeon removed the offending breast. The severity of this protocol obviously frightened women away from going to the doctor for tests. Dr. Thiessen wanted to initiate a project designed to make women more aware of their treatment options and prevent unnecessary mastectomies. I was impressed. Here was a surgeon who cared about women's psychological well-being and who was trying to find a way to ease their way through the bureaucracy of cancer. Patient power could surely be beneficial to these women. I consulted with Dr. Philip Strax, a well-known radiologist who pioneered the use of prophylactic mammography to screen for early breast cancer. He had recently completed his groundbreaking study on thousands of hip women. After meeting with him to organize a workable program, I founded STOP, the Second Treatment Option Program. Flushing Women's became the first outpatient medical center to biopsy patients under local anesthesia outside of a hospital. Through our program, we were able to put a stop to the practice of doing a mastectomy without the patient's consent while she was on the table under anesthesia. It would be decades before this would become routine practice. Dr. Thiessen later founded the Self-Help Action Rap Experience, SHARE, a support group for survivors of breast and ovarian cancer, to which I donated meeting space at Flushing Women's. With its focus on peer option counseling, full disclosure, and separating the biopsy from the mastectomy, SHARE fell within the paradigm of patient power that I created for women having abortions. With the implementation of these programs and the expertise of the Rubenstein Agency, media interest in flushing women's began to escalate. Everyone was talking about women's health. At first, journalists were interested in SHARE and STOP, flooding flushing women's with positive press coverage on the tenets of patient power. Soon, they became interested in me. It was gratifying to see journalists encouraging people to take the concept of educating women as patients seriously, and exhilarating to find myself becoming a public figure. Marty was at the height of his own career as chairman of the Hip Medical Group Council, The other New York abortion providers, male physicians who ran clinics in Manhattan, had more in common with Marty than myself, and our relationship was far too competitive to allow collegial sharing. My isolation was suddenly broken one afternoon in 1976 when I received a packet in the mail from the National Association of Abortion Facilities, NAAF, NAF,